Welcome back to episode 42 of the Catching Up Podcast. I am your host, Connor Kaysen. I run a company here in Seattle called Find Me in Seattle. Um, It's a media property telling stories about our wonderful city. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Nick Hughes, who is on the road traveling around the country promoting his company, FoundersLive.com. It's a social platform for entrepreneurs and founders of startups and all companies alike to meet each other, share helpful tips, network, and uh, help each other's businesses. Today, we are talking about our personal business models and how they've evolved since we started our businesses in the last couple of years. And we're also talking about uh, some of the challenges Nick's having on the road, uh, specifically around getting exercise. So thank you very much for joining us here on episode 42 of the Catching Up Podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Nick, good morning. What's going on? Not much, man. How you doing? I am fantastic. Uh, cannot complain. Uh, what about you? Where are you calling from? I'm in Austin right now. <laughs> and what's the plan? I know I've got some insider tips, but let's let the audience know. What's your plan for the day? Well, shoot. Uh, so I actually, I was in Dallas. I rolled over back to Austin for a couple of days, uh, had some people to see and um, some meetings. And um, today is heading back to Dallas. So I'm, I'm kind of pinging, pinging back and forth around Texas today. So, so yeah. how, how far how far away are those two cities? It's like Portland and Seattle. Okay, so a couple hour drive. Yeah, about three hours. And are you just riding the bus or are you been yeah. taking the, okay. Yeah. Fairly cheap, fairly yeah. cheap. Yeah, awesome. Well, how's uh, how's your productivity been this week? I would say pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I um, was able to get heads down and kind of work on some stuff, and um, you know, just been bouncing around. I haven't, I haven't been at many um, co-working spaces. I'm doing more coffee shops and um, kind of hotel spaces that I was telling you about last time. But yeah. And so are you, is that like a choice or just more kind of out of your routine on where you've been ending up? Like, how are you dictating where you go work every day? Well, it just turns, it turns out what area of the city I'm in and, um, you know, how I do all that. So I think it's, it's, yeah, it's less, I don't know. Like, I, I think what I need to do next week is kind of check out some of the co-working spaces like um, Capital Factory, which is one of the places that we hold our event consistently. I'm just going to swing in there and probably work a little bit, but um, it just turns out like where we're at in the city, like neighborhood wise, you know, it's kind of like if you have an Airbnb in Fremont, you're just going to go to a Fremont coffee shop. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing. But yeah. Okay. And so on the same basis of routine, I was kind of thinking this week uh, in the beginning of the show, we talked a lot about the importance of exercise and like working that within your routine to burn off energy and kind of like not focus on work a little bit. And so I was curious, we haven't really talked since you went on this road trip. Um, I know exercise has always been part of your routine. Is it still part of your routine? For sure. Yeah, I would say that's one of the most consistent things, you know, for me, especially being on the road. Um, You know, I, I guess I'll say it like, if you're not careful, the road will put on some pounds and, yeah. you know, like I start, I learned that just like, okay, you're, you know, you're, um, you're eating a lot, eating out a lot. Uh, you can go, you know, a week or two and be like, Whoa, like I haven't really 
worked out. And so early on, you know, I just made a commitment, um, of, you know, running every other day or, you know, a number of times a week and it really helped me. And, uh, even going back to like Boise, Idaho, it was like 20, you know, 25 degrees. And I was like on a run and, you know, so, so then like being in, you know, Austin and Dallas, then it's like 80 degrees and I'm still, you know, running. So it, um, for one thing, it's, I've made it very consistent and I feel good. I feel really good. And so I feel like I'm kind of in a groove now of that, but, um, that, that's one of the consistencies that I've really maintained. Yeah. And, and what's great about running is that it's always free, right? Yes. Like as long as the weather somewhat is manageable, it's, that's like always an option for anybody who's traveling. Yeah. Cause I was curious. I was like, Oh, is he going like, and is he finding gyms or, uh, does he, is he bringing weights along with him? But that makes a lot more sense. Uh, and so was running part of your routine before? A little bit. Um, you know, the routine before was more around, uh, you know, I would do strength training. I, I mean, we had a gym like right under like the, the level below my apartment. And so that yeah. was really, I mean, it wasn't that big, but um, it was a lot easier to get, you know, the workout in. And, you know, I, I would then run around South Lake Union and areas like that. And that was awesome. So I'm just, you know, when you're on the road, you, you, you search for things that can be consistent and familiar and doesn't matter what city I'm in. I just throw the shoes on and, and go on a run, which feels really good. Yeah, and I bet that's kind of like an interesting way to explore a little bit, right? Because you're going to cover, cover a couple miles, and it's really like a good way to know your surroundings and see yeah. what's going on and kind of see, oh, here's some, uh, a pocket of businesses that I can go work or I can go to dinner or whatnot. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, ah, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, man, I've been in a solid routine, yoga routine. Um, I'm only going like twice a week, uh, but I have like a really interesting, uh, kind of business partnership with this yoga studio and they give me a free membership in exchange for creating a video for them every week, uh, for their Instagram story. So pretty much, um, I take over their Instagram account for the day and I make like an edited one to two minute video about being there. Uh, and usually like what they do is they pass off announcements to me and they say, Hey, we have like this class coming up or we have these new like sweatshirts. Can you promote that somewhere in the video? And pretty much I make like this, like really quick, uh, one to two minute. It's almost like a music video. I can, I can create it honestly in like under 30 minutes, um, which I pretty much, yeah. So I go to class, I shoot the video before and I shoot it after, and then I ride the bus home and I edit the video and they give me a free membership in exchange yeah. for that. Um, and it's, it's been a pretty sweet deal. I mean, it's really like got me to try to be more creative, just how I'm like creating partnerships. All right. I got to stop. Where, where are you right now? Yeah. I'm at, I'm at the airport, man. But hopefully <laughs> okay. No, it's all good. I was just wondering. I was like, what's that announcement going on right now? Um, it's all good. But, yeah, it, this yoga thing has really opened up some really interesting opportunities for me. And just thinking about my business model and with being kind of like a content producer, what new opportunities are can I open up, right? I've been, I've been thinking like, oh, can I get a bank to sponsor – all my videos, right? And so it's like, oh, I have a partnership with 
Bank of America, and they say all these Seattle businesses and these stories presented by them. Um, or a real big pipe dream is can I get one of these commercial real estate companies to work with me, and maybe they give me, like, one of these sweet apartments that they're mm-hmm. building in exchange for services. Like, I can manage their social media and create content for them uh, on a weekly basis, like, about living at the apartment. Uh, I'm really just curious kind of what opportunities – but that led me into the question to think about you. And so how long have you been doing Founders Live for full-time? Full-time uh, going – this is going into my – shoot, what is this? I think full-time uh, – two full years. Two so full years. Wow. Going into my third year of running Founders Live. But, yeah, it's about two full years. Wow. And so, I mean, I, just in general, that's – an impressive feat and I'm curious to know and I think some of the audience out here wants to know like over that time how has your business model changed right I'm sure when you first right you were doing it part-time and it was an event series only you had one vision but then when you came up with actually like founderslive.com you had another vision and over the two years like how has that evolved for you and kind of where is the direction pointing now yeah you know, actually, if you remember when I originally rolled this out, uh, the original vision was, you know, like a paid membership. Let's get like, you know, if you get a thousand people paying $10 a month, that's $10,000 a month. And, you know, that yeah. always looks, looks good on a spreadsheet or a whiteboard. But uh, that is a, what was very difficult uh, to come out of the gate with, especially, you know, I always think about it now. I mean, we're, you know, we re- we have about 10,000 people, members, 10,000 around the world, and we reach about 25,000 people globally, which is actually a pretty impressive number. It's not huge, but it's a number. It's something, and, yeah. And um, when I remember launching this, it was like, you know, 200, 100, 200, 300. <laughs> and I was like, you know, chug- we were chugging along. And to get people that don't really know what this is to pay $10 out of the gate for like nothing, or they don't know what it is. Like that was really difficult. And so I basically stopped the, uh, I, I reverted from a subscription to more essentially a free global platform and community. And then uh, realized that we have to weigh, weigh heavier on local sponsors and partners and then global partners and uh, realizing that those are paid positions, essentially like, you know, uh, it's like an advertising, you know, in terms of model um, or a, a sponsorship model in the sense that you you price accordingly that you have an a audience and you have a community and you have uh, a, essentially a, a group that you're going to put the brand in front of and you price it accordingly. And so yeah. bas- basically I've bootstrapped this company on that. And I don't, I'll be honest and say, I don't think it's, I mean, it's not the home run um, business model, but it's gotten us to where we're at. And I, I'm starting to line up some other models that I think are going to take us to the next level. But um, yeah, it's been, you know, I think, you know, we all, in one way or another, we're all growing a thing that we have businesses that we want to sell access to that thing and exposure to other people. I mean, that's kind of yeah. like in a roundabout way. Right. And so I think, you know, I've, 
I've had tremendous success in Seattle, obviously, because our brand is great in Seattle. The other cities are coming together. Um, and, you know, our model in an ideal world, every single city, you know, the city leaders and their team are selling that sponsorship to local companies. And in every single city we're in, you know, right now, 30 plus, 35, but at some point, 50 and 100 are generating, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand $20,000 a month. I mean, top line revenue, but then you can yeah. just see like every month there's like a profit margin coming from these cities. Um, that That's the vision of Founders Live is essentially all these business arms around the world that are running their own P&L statement almost. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of, yeah, they become like little franchises. Yeah. 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 Uh, how, about and you, so, how about you? Uh, yeah. So my business model, why I brought this up is I've been like really trying to evaluate where I want to go. So when I started the company at the beginning of last year, you know, my big vision was, all right, I want to, I want to build this media property for Seattle that competes with Seattle Times, Evening Magazine, um, Seattle Refined, The Stranger, kind of all mm-hmm. these big legacy publications in the city. And I, I, I want to create kind of like the modern social media focused way to tell stories about the city and tell it from my perspective and kind of be like the Anthony Bourdain of our, or Casey Neistat of our city and go around and kind of like build up my personal brand being that person. And then partner the media company with this marketing agency. So because if you are a company and you're getting written about in pretty much a lot of, in most of these publications, if you don't ask for your website to be linked, they likely are not going to even link your website when yeah. they write an article about you, right? And, and that comes down to like uh, some PR, politics, and dynamics. But I saw that with a couple clients that I had and was like, that's not like, that just doesn't feel like the right thing to do. The, the businesses aren't benefiting from this PR if they're not getting linked. And so I wanted to create uh, this media company to drive attention, but then partner that with the agency that can actually set the business up with tools that they can drive that drive revenue off that attention, right? Yeah. Because if I'm going to make a big video about your business and drive traffic to whether it's your website or your Facebook page or your Instagram page, wherever, if you're not ready to take that attention and try to drive them in, uh, whether it's to your website in a lead funnel or through a coupon, through your brick and mortar, like it just becomes like a lot less valuable. And so all through last year was about just really, it was more about survival. Like, can I do this? Can I build something? Uh, can I get people to pay me? And I proved that. And with always the ambition being like, I'm going to build this big marketing agency here in the city. Right. And I want to have like a multi-million dollar revenue business. And I definitely believe that I can do that. I think I have the skill set to do that. I think I have the network to do that. Um, and I have a really strong foundation based off the revenue I've driven already. Um, but the more I've been thinking about it and doing research on business models, I've just been more hesitant on whether I'm actually going to be happy trying to build this big marketing agency. Because uh-huh. marketing agencies, not just marketing agencies, but agencies in general, just don't have scalability. For every client I bring on, I also am going to attach a, an X percentage 
of overhead with that. And agencies never really get to a, a level of scale where their fixed costs become stable and their revenue can grow like a traditional tech company model is, right? Where the tech company invests in the app, they put you know their million dollars up front, but then as the product grows, their cost doesn't grow as much. Um, yeah. And they start making a ton of money. And so I've been looking at that and kind of with the prediction that the economy is going to have somewhat of a downturn within the next year or two. Um, that's just going to create a lot of struggle where I'm going to be managing this team and growing this thing that uh, every day is going to kind of be a drag. And I'm, I'm, although I think I can lead people really well and I can build this, I'm wondering if that's actually going to make me as happy as I want. Because right now, like I have a pretty awesome life. Like I get to do so many cool things every day um, and go on all these adventures and, and get inside looks at people, places and things in the city that a lot of people don't do. Um, and, and, and they follow me because I've gotten some unique access to that. But if I start growing this company real big, I, I think I'm going to be too busy running the company and I won't get to do some of this adventure stuff anymore. And I won't get to have as much fun. And so yeah. I'm starting to think more about the business model where maybe I need to be more patient and try to run a little bit more lean. And can I build just this business with me and some contractors, right? Can I get it to a 200, 250K a year in revenue business and really take a fat chunk of profit out of that, right? Because if I can get it running lean there and I'm taking 75K a year in profit, I can keep more of that for myself. Yeah. Um, and then that provides different opportunities for me individually to like um, just have more freedom. Right. Ha be able to go travel or go, um, you know, try to get sponsorship and do the show for a quarter in Paris or New York or some other uh, exotic city. And so I've really like pumped the brakes on my ambition and what I want to grow quickly here, at least within 2019 to do just be patient and really like grind out the model and figure out what's the best for me and what's going to make me so happy. Because right now I realize like, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm living a pretty great life and I get to have a lot of fun and autonomy and I'm really living on my terms and I don't want to risk changing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my advice would be, you know, just be patient. You know, if, if you feel like you're in a good place, at least, you know, you're not, there's not millions of dollars coming in, but if you feel like you're in a good place and it's like week over week, month over month, you know, growing and getting better, just be patient. You yeah. know, you'll see that yeah. you'll, you'll see it evolve. And, you know, a lot, this is, it's a funny topic because people ask me all the time. I mean, they're so intrigued. They're like, how do you make money? And I used to get, I used to hate that question. Because it pissed me off because I'm like, what, do you doubt this? Or like, what, what's the problem? They would be like, I love this, but how do you make money? <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. what, I, what I realized was it's intriguing. And I think the model is like actually Founders Live is an interesting new model. And they're like, they're just like, what? I'm interested. Like, how is this? Like, what's the revenue generation? Yeah. And um, we're still figuring it out. But I think like what I tell them is, look, this is this is land grab time and I'm doing it in a very efficient way. So without to say too much detail, the call I had previously was with someone in, um, in, in Spain, in Barcelona. 
And there was a little bit of a, um, a language barrier. And what, what happened was it turned out that there was uh, quite a bit of misunderstanding um, about, you know, how we expand. And, and essentially, in the end, you know, they were talking about um, establishing an entity and, you know, have, you know, this, whoever comes on, we have to pay them, there's benefits. And I mean, he basically was like speaking about you have to establish like legal, a legal company registration of the brand, create a new company there and hire people. And like, uh, you know, he was saying that over time in the call, I'm like, and this is like our second call, but yeah, basically I was like, okay, this, he does this, there's a miscommunication here. And I was like, trying to explain to him, this is a volunteer and we're in like, you know, 10, 11 countries already around the world. And we find people that, sign an agreement but they choose to be essentially a person on the ground that runs these events they're not a paid employee we don't give them benefits we don't have like a monthly you know there like there is no expense like we expand with no expenses because the model that i've created and there's positives and negatives about it but um it was just interesting the way that, that he was confused about that but um in these early years we're just going as wide as possible and then what will yeah. happen over the next couple, you know, over the next three to five years, we will start to see tremendous business models come on top of this. But you got to go wide first. You got to get like, it's like the game of risk, right? If you remember, like just playing risk and trying to like get your pieces on every single country. And yep. um, like, you know, for whatever, like tw hindsight will be 2020 if I actually made the right moves here. But um, because we can expand so cheaply, it's getting far and wide that puts grassroots in all these countries, which will just start sprouting and building. And over time, we'll, our growth will increase. And then we'll start to layer on the business models once we have a wide width around the world. And um, so I think people are, they can be confused because I'm, I'm fine with that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, of course. At, at some point, it, it, look, at some point, everyone will turn around and be like, holy shit, Founders Live is that is a monster and you know there's things coming out of it that will blow our all of our minds yeah totally and i yeah i think the biggest challenge for you with with that model is gonna be uh can you keep the consistency right like what's the yeah. buy-in from the city leaders and and how long can you kind of keep them invested as right because your value prop to them is really the network that they get to build by hosting and creating exactly. these events, right? Like that is the, and there's so much value in that. Like anyone who's young and kind of has the time and the willingness to put that together, that can create, uh, you know, a lifetime worth of value for you with making all those connections and how many people can rotate. I mean, we've seen from Seattle Founders Live, like thousands of people are going to come through this thing. Yeah. And you're the face of it. So it really provides a good opportunity to put yourself in front of a lot of people. Um, and so it's just, yeah, it's finding the right people who can balance, right? Because they got to make their money somewhere, but also have the understanding that like this network is as valuable to me in the long run. And then keeping that momentum going and not having to find a replacement. Because I assume that's, where, that's yeah. where you would struggle if someone stepped away and you're like, oh shoot, like I'm supposed to have an event in Philadelphia next week and I don't have a city leader anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we we cycle through city leaders at times, but um, I mean, the key for us is just finding or 
putting it in a place where like there is tremendous value yeah it's non-monetary but the value is so high that why would they leave right why would they leave exactly yeah and you know i understand life happens and you know it's okay but um having that inherent i mean look i've you know like i've done this in seattle for five years now and uh it's the best you know it's there are tremendous benefits every day and every month to do something like this and and that's who we look for that looks for that stuff and wants those you know that quote unquote side hustle but it's less about money it's more about network and exposure and leadership and and then opportunities come from that yes so exactly exactly well cool well that gets towards the end here of our conversation uh well, first off, we got the Masters this weekend, but do you have anything else that uh, you want to let us know about or uh, you want to leave us with this week? Oh, just, uh, hey, check out FoundersLive.com if you haven't. Um, say hi to me. And, um, yeah, with that, I'll just say, you know, I think I, I let you know the other day, um, I feel like the winner is going to be a lesser known. Um, but is this uh, – is this Ricky's year? Is this DeChambeau's year? That's that's all what I'll leave you with. Yeah, I mean, DeChambeau's looking way good. At this time that we're recording, he's at seven under. Uh, he just teed off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's got a strong moral compass, so he might be able to withstand. Um, it's just a matter of on Sunday, like, su- the back nine on Sunday is one of the most exciting <laughs> Yeah. Like two, two or three hours in all of sports. There's always people who melt down. There's always people who come from behind. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Sunday. It should be a great time. But Nick, awesome. thank you very much for joining me again. This was episode 42 of the Catching Up Podcast. And I will talk to you next week. All right. Peace. See ya.